Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. I just got back from Tanzania yesterday, and I'm just putting this together a day before it goes out today. So I'm a little bit, a little bit just catching up with everything. I had a wonderful retreat. Um, it was nice to be away, but I missed my boys terribly, just like any any parent could probably say that it's nice to be away for a few days and then after those few days of freedom you just want to go back home and hug your littles and I think I I experienced that for sure but um, now I'm back at home and ready to put some more content out there for you guys before we jump into today's episode um, just be sure to see if you can support me a little bit (laughs) I always find it so weird to ask for support but but um to support me in this podcast you can always you know when you're listening to the pod perhaps take a screenshot and just put it on your stories and give me a tag just to to spread the word a little bit that it's out there or share it with your friends and your family someone you might know that might feel um or might need to listen to some birth stories maybe could be helpful so please help me spread the word a little bit that the podcast exists so more ears can hear the information from these beautiful parents that come on and share their journeys in today's story we're going to be hearing from louisa and she is a friend of mine here in prague she's danish um and she'll be sharing the birth of her two little girls, Julia and Selma, here in Prague also. We'll talk through, or she'll talk through a little bit about uh, how it is to navigate the system in a place that is not your native, and how how it impacted her and her husband's choices a little bit on where to go and what kind of support they wanted to receive. Louisa had two hospital births that were very different from each other and um, of course they're both related also so um, yeah I'm just gonna let Louisa do all of the talking and explain all of this to all of you guys thank you so much Louisa for coming on and sharing your beautiful stories with me all right you guys here is Louisa Hi, Louisa, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. It's so nice to have you. Hello, Lisa. It's great to be here. I'm really um, grateful to be on board. Oh, great. It's been a while since we tried to get make this work. Full, full disclosure to everyone. <laughs> it's taken us a few weeks, but here we are today. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and, and who's in your family? Sure. So I'm Louisa Johansson. I'm originally from Denmark, and uh, I'm based in Prague, Czech Republic. My husband, uh, Pavel, is Czech, and um, I'm going to tell you about the the births of my two daughters, of our two daughters, uh, Julia and Selma. And uh, apart from those two girls, uh, Pavel has uh, three kids from his former marriage, 
and um, yeah, we uh, we're both a little bit about us. We're both working in in film. Pavel is a film producer. I'm I'm working as a festival programmer consultant. I do some moderating on on film, uh, some writing occasionally, and so that's all quite sort of international and in English. Um, and uh, yeah, we met in film. Great. Yeah. That sounds like a great thing to do with your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you want to start with your journey then to becoming pregnant the first time with Julia? Did you guys plan to have sure. a baby and how did you find out that you were pregnant? Yeah, we, um, we, we met like around five, six years ago. And um, I think from early on, we, we had the conversation <clears throat> because I didn't have kids and I was, I was very, very keen on, on kids. And, um, and he was very supportive and we were sort of like, we wanted to have kids together and uh, um, and so I think it was like, you know, it, it, when we sort of like let go and gave in to it, we, we got pregnant pretty early on. And, uh, I think it was, I think it was September that year, 2019. And, uh, I was really busy in Denmark with, I still had work in Denmark, uh, when, uh, even though I had moved to Prague. Um, so I was doing this festival and um, and a little bit of partying and really long nights and like working day and night basically and uh, and I was I was feeling quite tired and uh, um, sort of like you know like a little bit sort of just starting to sort of notice my body a little bit more but in, at the same time doing festival work is quite demanding and not only the partying but <laughs> but being on um, with you know like with a production and with international guests and I was hosting this jury at the time mm -hmm. um, so so I was like already kind of like a little bit out of my out of my uh, my zone uh, to begin with which is a feeling I know very well already but so I had this sort of I started to feel like extra tired and this had this sneaky feeling something was up so um, so I took a test and yeah I was pregnant <laughs> and and the when when we sort of like I came home to Prague um, a few days later actually and uh, and Pavel proposed and mm. so it was sort of like you know from then on kind of lined up our next nine months at least and uh, yeah at the same time of course for me I mean everything was brand new and uh, I had to start uh, looking at myself as a as a coming mom um, which is very new to me like mid-30s and I've been really like kind of prioritizing work and and friends and sort of you know a happening life for for all those years um, but I was extremely happy with the with the news and with the prospects of it um, and and looking back, I have to remind myself that I had some like 12 really like pretty tough weeks <laughs> the first trimester. Um, it was it was just like I was very tired and uh, luckily I was working from home already then. This was 
pre-COVID, but my, my work was uh, freelance and mostly from, from home. So I could sort of nap when, when I needed to. And, uh, and that helped me. It's something I, I just, I just cannot imagine how all the women out in the world, they do it the first 12 weeks if they <laughs> if they felt as bad as I did with, with a, you know, full-time job sitting on an office chair, uh, yeah. keeping it secret until you have the 12 week ultrasound, you know, that's something I just really admire that yeah. women here. manage to do. <laughs> So I felt extremely privileged that I could sort of like have, I could do my own tempo and um, yeah. And even like, you know, when, once I was past the 12 weeks, which we had a, a an ultrasound then and uh, everything looked good. Um, my next two trimesters were pretty easy. Like I, I really, I felt like, like really like week 13, I was kind of like back on track and I felt like doing some sports and, um, I just kind of like regained my strain, strength uh, for a while. Mm. Um, did you did you have any any standard testing, or did you choose a specific route in your pregnancy, or is there anything you'd like to share from that? Yeah, I think we we just um, we followed the standard way. Uh, with that, had like saw my gynecologist uh, regularly, and uh, I mean, I had an ultrasound already week seven because I knew I was pregnant, so I had it checked, and mm. so I have a little little picture already from then, mm. which actually in the end proved very important because it it established my exact uh, term rather than the 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 one they calculate a little later, mm. uh, meaning that my term was actually a few days later than than the the calculated term that'll that'll you know that's important later on when they want to induce you mm-hmm. <laughs> we can talk about that later but um but anyway i i i um i can i can I can say about the period that what was, of course everything was new, and you can say that that my husband uh, was uh, a little uh, he knew what he got himself into in a different way and he and me being a foreigner in, in Czech Republic, he immediately sort of kind of like went into the conversation about how does it work here? Mm. Um, you can say I, I didn't really know how it works in Denmark, where I'm from, in, in, uh, in detail, because I never gave birth in Denmark. But obviously, I know a lot of women who did. And, um, and I'm used to a system with, uh, which is based on mid- midwifery. Um, really led by the midwives and um, you still give birth in a hospital usually but you're surrounded by midwives you don't know who's there on duty on call that day but they're they should all be you know uh, um, uh, qualified obviously yeah (laughs) and so on and and so Pavel was he was like immediately sat me down and said okay listen the way it works here is it's very sort of um, doctors driven and the hospital, you might, you might give birth in a room with other women around you. I still to this day don't know if that's how it works in some places, but uh, he was sort of giving me the, <laughs> the, the rundown for <laughs> a little bit from a sort of, uh, I don't know, his, his intention was probably to get me thinking about like making some choices already at that point, because already in, in week 14, I think it is, you need to establish contact and, and a, 
basically a deal with the hospital mm-hmm. uh, in the Czech Republic, right? So, mm-hmm. so you need to know where to go and you need to do that research beforehand. And uh, at the same time, I knew that Czech Republic is, um, is not such uh, English uh, friendly is the word they use, but it's not, you can't make, you can't be sure that everyone speaks English uh, and uh, they might, but you just can't count on it. So I knew from the beginning that I needed some help. Like I, you know, first time labor and not speaking Czech uh, was sort of my, my biggest worries in the beginning, beginning. And um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I reached out to some, uh, some midwives. I actually just Googled, <laughs> it was kind of, it was really random, like, okay, English speaking midwives in Prague, you know, and in my, in my neighborhood. And I came up with one name and phone number and I gave her a call and she was like, no, no, sorry, June, I'm, I'm on vacation. I'm like I'm out all June yeah so but I'll send you a few numbers and then I got a I got an email with I think three names and I took the name on the top and her name was Maketa Gasparova and I called her up and we um, we set an appointment and we quite uh, from the very beginning kind of hit it off and had a really nice long talk to start with and uh I could ask all my <laughs> stupid questions, as we call it. <laughs> you know, first time uh, uh, labor. You, you, you just you have some wishes and ideas, but you don't really know, and you don't know what's like, kind of like okay to ask or silly to ask. Or uh, I remember I was kind of like really searching in the conversation, but Maketa was extremely supportive and, and just sort of. Um, yeah like I think she she um, we sort of connected on this sort of like the natural way and I think mm-hmm. that was that was my way in from the beginning even though I, I didn't really I didn't I hadn't read many books I hadn't heard many stories at that point early on um, so I just took it a few steps at the time but I kind of felt that I wanted to do it the natural way and that's also the tradition I come from in mm-hmm. in Scandinavia is just go with it and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and again midwife led um, process or guided you know um, it's so important so I, to have to have someone to ask those questions though isn't it I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. when you go to the OB or the doctor when I was here with my second I had a few whatever we call them stupid questions nothing <laughs> stupid question but but I would be very brushed off but when I met the midwives they were just you know just calm me down and answer nicely you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so important yeah. that someone holds Listening. that space for us yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and I think it's um it's my general experience in Prague that going to see a doctor it can be even hard to ask a question because mm. it feels like it can feel like it's it's not the right time or place strangely <laughs> yeah. because you come to see an expert for your for your problems and uh, I'm someone who will wait I won't go to the doctor before it's absolutely necessary and so once I'm there you know I I definitely have something to consult but at the same time it can feel um, a bit intimidating Um, but but so uh, yeah so long story short with Maketa um, she she recommended a hospital that she is connected with Um, 
it's uh, it was important for me to find a hospital where I could have like a, a, a sort of fairly free process, um, what they call flexible <laughs> in writing in their website. Um, because in Pavel's uh, recollection, uh, many of the hospitals in Prague or the ones that he knew and knew of, um, they were sort of like, they did not promote that. It was more like, here's the chair and sort of, you know, chair bed, and this is where you give birth and you will probably be tied up to some IV. And so, and, uh, and, or, or you will be monitored and the monitor is very inflexible or in, you know, like, uh, not mobile so this is where you're at that was sort of like his his uh, his version <laughs> and I was like no 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 I would probably need to be on all fours or you know what about you know sitting on a ball in the process leading up to it you know and all this is of course not knowing what the process will be like because it was first time yeah but um but I had I had those conversations with Maketa also, and she so so she obviously knew this hospital in uh, which is in the countryside. It's like almost an hour from Prague, but they have a a, a nice uh, modernized uh, birth uh, facility in an, an older hospital uh, called the Rakovnik. The town is called that. I also checked the hospital uh, in I think it was near Ratovice. Can it be? another one I had recommended but I, I didn't I didn't really feel it there yeah <laughs> get the right vibe so we did Rakovnik well knowing that we would have to drive 50 minutes to get there mm -hmm. and uh, yeah but uh, I saw the space and I met some of the staff and they surprisingly all spoke English to me and I was like whoa <laughs> mm -hmm. I like it here <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I'm still bringing Maqueta as sort of my 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 um, kind of like wingman yeah <laughs> my sidekick um yeah. and that was my moral support really throughout both the the, the process we, we sort of we had a break and then we came back together around week uh, 28 29 probably and we sort of started the more um concrete conversation about how to do it and what to put in my birth plan my wishes uh, specifically for for the process and yeah, but um, but apart from that, I mean, so you can say that that was sort of part of my prepping. Um, but I also in these, you know, two, two second and third trimester, I I just you know I I kind of had time to be physically active. I was in a pretty good shape in the end, like doing yoga and swimming every week, and um, and what I also did as a support um, and I guess maybe also I found out or sort of like in retrospect uh, to to have some kind of support from Denmark and to have the conversation in Danish uh, maybe also um, which gave sort of a different perspective on on my feelings and my process uh, was I I um, I signed up with this course um, that my friends had recommended. It's a, it's a breathing method for the labor. <clears throat> and the method is called the Laboro. Um, and um, it's taught by a specific woman in Denmark. She's, she's been teaching this since many years now. And I think, you know, like... Uh, I mean, it's like 10, 15 years by now. And, and by now, it, the method has been um, 
much more widely widely um, kind of recognized in the Danish healthcare system. So once you come to the hospital in Denmark, you're in labor and you start breathing this way during the, the, the different phases of the labor, they know they know what, what you're doing. Um, you don't have to like, because, so, so the thing is that it's this, um, it's this uh, sort of light um, breathing that you use uh, throughout the, um, the first countdown phase of, uh, of your uh, contractions. And, um, and then uh, it's sort of, you can, you can use it and you can basically save your energy <laughs> till, the, till the end. That's the, the idea. The, the, the course is called painless birth giving, which I still to this day find a little bit uh, 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 <laughs> silly because nothing is painless in this, but yeah. <laughs> the idea is to approach it, the labor from, from sort of like a more, uh, not only sort of like positive perspective, but also uh, constructive. And um, the whole idea and why I mentioned this method early in the process is that it's, you, you need to sort of exercise it um, a little bit ahead in time of the, of the birth giving uh, in order to sort of create like um, establish it as a reflex more than something you think about once you hit your contractions, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So this was, this was very uh, inspiring and helpful for me. Mm. We'll be sure to link to this in yeah, our show notes sure. page also. Yeah. What's funny about it is that it's it can you know it's it sounds like uh, when when you're <laughs> pregnant and you read about it maybe it sounds a little bit like a miracle cure you know or <laughs> semi-religious or something uh, mm. especially because the women who talk about it they talk about it so uh, enthusiastically the women who used it mm. and of course there's a reason for that because it actually works and yeah. uh, <laughs> and my friends I had two friends who were like talking about this for years because they they had their kids maybe five, 10 years ago. And um, they were saying like, Louisa, you have to like, you have to use this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm not even, you know, I'm not even pregnant yet. So stop talking about this, uh, you know, <laughs> but once I was pregnant, they were like, yeah, you have to look into this. And, and I think what's, what's very um, um, specific for my process is that, um, or what, what I sort of like, when I think about my process is that how, how um how kind of like how much of a process the pregnancy is and how how much um you you kind of like take it at least i did take took it step by step and mm -hmm. really only in the very end like i would say like the last few months i started to thinking about the the actual labor and how mm -hmm. to handle that and you know in the beginning it's just like okay i'm i feel nausea you know i feel sick that's 12 weeks <laughs> that's physical but once you pass that you know you're still quite you know physically I was quite small uh, I didn't really I mean I was growing a belly obviously but I could still move around freely and um, you know even like one month before the giving birth we were we actually threw a huge wedding uh, this was like early May and I was due early June <laughs> so we had like you know, a party with 200 people and, you know, wow. 30 friends from abroad flying in and just mm. the time of our lives, you know, and me being very pregnant, but at the same time, just fine, you know. Anyway, so so this sort of like, you know, I was only ready to hear about like, what is a birth 
experience like much later in the process I really like mentally wasn't ready to to hear it and I think also I kind of I, I blocked out some stories I heard earlier on because you know everyone you meet they everyone who gave birth they want to tell you their story mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, the, and you don't want to hear it all because I really wanted to stay open and optimistic about what was gonna hit me yeah. <laughs> once it hits you know yeah and uh, I didn't need to hear the negative stories I didn't I didn't read too much I didn't google too much you know I just I just wanted to have like a clear mind and just like be maybe na- go naively into it. Um, and I think that's, I really, I took that all the way till the very uh, moment she, she came, you know, like this is my, this is my process and I need to, you know, keep my mind sort of um, focused on the fact that I can do it, you know, and yeah. So, so I had had both some mental and, and physical prep, uh that I'm really happy about I also uh, once we hit term I mean it was a it was yeah so I was due in June and it was like very hot and I I remember like you know the month before so so we got married and a few days later I got really tired and I was like okay now I'm I'm ready for this uh now I'm gonna focus on this birth (laughs) you know before that I could I could focus on my wedding and not worry too much about having to give birth in the month but but from then on you know you're like okay it can happen anytime now you know baby is is ready so um so I was like also getting mentally ready and then came the long wait (laughs) because uh I didn't I didn't give birth on on term uh I uh, the the due date came and we were just waiting and I was still doing yoga and swimming and running around we were playing mini golf with the kids and meeting friends and hanging out in the park and but you know time went by and uh and so I think on on, and in, the, in this late process, of course, uh, I was I, I had gone from being under the care of my gynecologist to being under the care of the hospital. But, but because that's out of town, Maqueta, my my midwife, she um, she sort of handled me in town, and she would see me regularly and check the baby's rate, and uh, and then I would just have a visit or two to the hospital for ultrasound and just to establish, you know, like get me in the system and, and so on. And uh, and so of course you know once once I was one week um, late uh, uh, we were talking and we were we were just sort of, sort of like talking about the different options and and also I got prepared for being kind of like meeting the doctors and that they would probably want to induce the labor because of the. Uh, because it was getting late um, at the same time I, I didn't feel like that you know I was like yeah but I'm I'm just like I'm absolutely fine I don't have a sign of baby coming like not a single sign and uh, so but but once you hit uh, 41 plus um, what what is it three you have to you basically have to uh, go to the hospital and 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 be signed in as a patient and um, and I did that, and then 
the doctors, they, you see the doctor every day and they were like, okay, so we would like to induce you because you're 41 plus three, four, five. And I said, no, thank you the first day. And we decided to talk the next day. And I was like, no, I don't, I'm, I don't feel like it. And then on the third day, uh, that was a Wednesday, I was like, I had actually decided the day before together with Pavel, okay, let's just do it. They have this local induction, which is like a suppository. So you don't get IV, you just get it locally, basically. And I had that um, suppository in the morning. Uh, and um, on uh, around like in the afternoon, around two, I think I had it like at nine and around two, I started feeling funny. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and actually, Pavel had gone to Prague that uh, he was with me, but he went to Prague that day. He had to go and do some, some work and just pick up the, the car chair and the car seat and, you know, stuff. And we had also been waiting around for those days because we were in the hospital doing nothing. So he was like, I'm going to pick up Scrabble so we have something to do. Mm-hmm. And, but at two, I was like, okay, I'm feeling something. And I think every three hours I was monitored uh, at the birth uh, ward um, and they were like yeah there's some signs but you're far from it yet so I was like okay then this can probably take days you know because with the induction you never know how long it's going to take but it it slowly developed and I started to sort of just play around with my breathing exercise uh, or my my method um, which was basically lying sort of on my knees over over the bed in a way uh, kind of just closed eyes and once something that felt like a contraction came I would breathe through it and this breathing is like you breathe in the diaphragm like kind of higher above your belly so once the contraction hits the belly you 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 can still breathe through it you breathe like almost like we compare it with a with a dog in the in the heat in the sun you know like mm-hmm. kind of yeah you breathe breathe above the the contraction so the so you can sort of stay try and stay focused and calm while you're hit by this um, uh, somewhat pain of course in the beginning it, it wasn't like a strong pain but definitely started to feel that uh, wave of uh, unpleasantness mm-hmm. <laughs> coming through the body <laughs> which just grew and grew and at six i was really like wow yeah, you know, kind of like I had been timing the the time in between and the time, the length of the contractions. And, you know, the door opened and Pavel came in with Scrabble under his arm. <laughs> and I was like, you can put that away and find your phone and just, can you please start timing? Because I need to focus on me now. <laughs> and he sat down with his, you know, like he did his job there. Like he, he was telling me how it's going and you know, how, how we are on time. And, um, and Maqueta, we called her up and said it was on and she wasn't on, on shift that day. So she had to come from Prague also. So she arrived around nine. And by then I was really like, Whew, this is, this is wild. And by 10, I was, I was ready to, I was ready to go. And so basically we moved from our hotel, uh, our <laughs> hospital room and up to the, the birth room. Uh, once we got in there, uh, got up there uh, I, I couldn't even walk so they had to put me on a on a like stretch and with the old elevator and it was you know my 
my contractions were really close already. And once we got up there, there had been like an kind of like an emergency uh, labor coming in from outside or something. So there were no space for me. There are only two rooms there. And uh, I had hoped even to give birth in water, but they only have one bathtub. So, so it was like, okay, what do we do? And Maketa just quickly, like she, she took me, she put a mattress in a room uh, in, in the, in the doctor's office. It wasn't even like she actually, they actually had like a, like a kind of a, an extra room, but she couldn't dim the light in there basically. So she took the, the office space and she kept the light on in the different, in the other room, put me on a mattress on the floor and she had the, the mobile monitor with her. And that meant that I could basically be in whatever position I needed to be. Uh, you know, in this, this was still like, I, w- I weren't fully there yet ready to, to push, but that, that came very, very fast afterwards. But um so I just sort of like went into this sort of, I mean, I, I, it was it was obviously so intense. And uh, I just remember that uh, it helped me just, I, I, I didn't give a damn whether I was in a bathtub or in a chair or actually what I wanted to be was on the floor on my own, uh, not having any strangers around except for Maketa and Pavel. And um and Pavel had gone from <laughs> taking the time to actually being very physical, physical help for me. He was, um, I remember that the pain felt like it was, how the contractions felt like a kind of a wave of, of pain over the lower back. And I felt like it really kind of st- streamed from inside of me. And he would put his hands on my, on my back, uh, on my lower back and just like press uh, against against it which just both physically and mentally was such a support for me like it felt like he was he was there you know when when I was basically stuck in in this um, in this feeling that I mean you're stuck in until baby comes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, it was such a such a support and I just told him to push harder, harder, <laughs> harder. I needed to, and he was like, he was, it was big, big physical experience for him also. It was, he was pushing much harder than he thought I could handle, I think. Um, <laughs> at the same time, Maketa was taking care of everything around us and uh, that I wouldn't breach basically with, you know, like hot water and maybe some oil and, um, and we were we were all on our own for this time, um, and um, <clears throat> I think I don't know time wise. This is where I lose track of time, but it was probably I probably had like in the end like an hour or an hour and a half of pushing. Can it be? It was it was long, and it it got it got really long. Like, uh, I remember I was surprised when, uh, my midwife said like, yeah, oh, you have to push now. You like, you have to, now you got to use it. The, you know, the contraction, um, to get the baby out. And I was like, okay, wow, already. Or, you know, did I miss out on some pushing or what, you know, like, but, um, at the same time, she didn't tell me like, oh, now you're like four centimeters, you're seven, you know, she, that's her thing. She doesn't like do that countdown because mentally it can also block you if, you, if you're stressed that you're not more open, you know, 
So I was like, whoa, okay, already, okay, push. And what I knew from the um, laboral exercise and, uh, and sort of the advice we've gotten there is like, once you hit this point, you're, you're like close, you know, there's like maximum a few hours left. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, you know, now I can push. And um, I didn't feel a, a change in the type of contraction, but of course, mentally, I had to change around and, you know, use it. Um, and I just remember that it was, it was tough. And it was, uh, I felt that the contraction was, it was about a minute long and I could do three really deep, long uh, breaths and pushes in that period of time. But the first one would always be like, there would, there would be a break. And then the first, you would be hit by the first contraction or the, or the, or the contraction would start, sorry. And the first uh, breath was always a little bit lost on sort of like getting, getting into the contraction again. And um, so, so I felt like I only had two pushes left in me and then there would be a break again. And so it started to get quite long and I, 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 Basically, I couldn't really, I couldn't get her out, even though she was really, she was far down. I could feel the head. We could, we could see the hair, <laughs> but she was stuck. <laughs> and, um, and I, and that's when, you know, they, they have, they call in the doctors when you're in active labor, when you're that close, the doctor has to come, even though we had been left alone up till then with the midwife only. Uh, but the procedure is that the doctor has to be there. Then all of a sudden there were more doctors and many eyes. And I was still just like in my, my dark space with my focus and closed eyes. And just once in a while, like looking up and seeing what was going on. And then they were like, oh yeah, we're kind of losing a little bit track of the, they were monitoring and they couldn't find the, the heart. And I felt like some, a little bit more panic around me. And I was like, just leave me alone. I'm doing this. And, but they wanted me. They, yeah. So, so I, there was this little negotiation going on where my midwife was like, I, I want to give her like two more contractions and see how it goes. You know, and I heard this and I was like, okay, good. But at the same time, I didn't know what the alternative was. <clears throat> so I started to fear that they would do a C-section all of a sudden. I didn't even know if it was possible because the baby was so far down. But at the same time, I had to keep my mind on giving birth, you know. So there was all this, there was a bit of panic in my head and uh, and I just couldn't get her out. And then the doctor uh, came and, and uh, uh, a woman I had met before also, and she talked to the midwife and they were like, okay, Louise, so we would like to uh, give you a small cut and that's hopefully going to help you. And I was like, okay, is it just that? Are you not going to like, you're not going to give me a, I'm not going to have a C-section basically. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just going to cut a bit and it's going to help you. And I was like, okay, fine. And, you know, in the back of my head, everyone is like, yeah, you know, the, the cut, it doesn't hurt, you know, don't worry about it if that happens but it's a different kind of pain <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's, it's like a clinical cut. And I was like, damn, that was nasty. But, you know, at the same time, what happened right after was that on, I think the second push, uh, my baby was out and, and the panic of what was going on with her, if she, if she had enough 
oxygen or whatever state she was in that panic went away obviously and I had given birth mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and of course I mean this was just the biggest moment in my life and at the same time I was just so like so in the process I started to analyze it and I started to talk with my midwife already about what what had happened and like and she was like <laughs> hey easy now just you know enjoy your baby who was yeah. on on top of me and yeah oh, such nice. a such a, an amazing moment and just yeah yeah and how was that immediate postpartum then like in the hospital yeah it was it was fine um I had the wish to to keep her and to keep the cord uh, uh, intact until it stopped being active Mm. until it stopped pulsating all this was like something that I had put in my birth plan but it was good just to repeat it and Marketa obviously knew it so we were just like yeah we want just a little bit of space but they just they just needed to uh, check Julia just like for a few minutes just when she was born because of that because they couldn't uh, see her heart on the last monitoring before she came out but there was she was absolutely fine she was like breathing and crying from the moment she came out and she came on top of me and uh, yeah we were just we were lying there and uh, on the floor in the doctor's <laughs> office <laughs> and just like wow <laughs> um, and then afterwards they had to sue me a bit so we were I was taking into the 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 real labor room which I had missed out on uh, and um while they took care of that, I had uh, Julia on top of me and she would sort of seek the, the breast naturally. So we had that time to do that. And when once she did that, you know, once she's on the breast latching, that also helps um, the process of uh, giving birth to the placenta. Yeah. And that happened uh, also naturally, which I, I wondered if, if possible. And um, yeah. And then just pretty calm process. It was it was one, it was five to one in the night, and uh, we uh, we just we had an hour or two up there. I think just you know because I also just had to like figure out if I could stand or or mm -hmm. what. Like I felt a little bit dizzy and I hadn't lost blood or anything. Just like I was just like obviously blown away by the experience, but also. Mm. I, I was I had been uh, sewn and uh, but then yeah around 4 a.m we were down in our our room and we had a we had our own room we paid for our own room so Pablo could stay with me and um, we, we there was a nurse who helped us dress the baby the first time and put on a diaper and just the first few advice but you know just get us to bed basically I, I remember we, we we were kind of like in bed at four and I was like okay how the hell am I gonna sleep now <laughs> I, I can't sleep but at the same time I you know I was so ready for a nap yeah and we slept a few hours and so it was it was a it was a uh, I think it was a beautiful process that pretty much I mean lived up to my dreams apart from that last moment of the labor where there was that bit of panic and that bit of sort of uh, kind of like, um, you know, uh, 
the doctors taking over in the very end. I was a bit confused by it. Like I had, I missed out on some pushes in the beginning mm-hmm. that would have, you know, if I had, have had started, you know, from the very beginning when I should, you know, could that have like brought Julia out, you know, without the help of doctors or, you know, mm-hmm. all my speculations, but I think in the end it was minimal. Uh, that yeah. sort of, uh, yeah. I, I felt I felt that it, even though I was induced, I felt that it was a natural birth because it, the induction actually worked, and it you know luckily it started me on the same day as I had it. You know it didn't stretch out over more than more days. Right. Um, and and Julia, luckily she wasn't she wasn't you know too big, even though that's what they also tell you that yeah, but the longer you wait, the bigger the baby is going to be. And but they can't be very precise about their measurements. And you're like, yeah, shall I, shall I worry or not? And but at the same time, I wasn't very big, you know, with her. So I just and I felt so good physically beforehand. Also, I was just like, that's not stress. But it's a, it's a, it was a natural birth with a little bit of help because I just felt like it kind of triggered uh, my body, which was ready. Because what I also forgot to tell is I had some acupuncture beforehand. Um, mm. I think I went five times <laughs> to see this very friendly acupuncturist who was like surprised that I, I kept coming back because I was like, why haven't you given birth yet? My, <laughs> my method is not working. It's like, well, but I was really, my body was so ready. It was like my back was so soft and ready for, you know, the baby to come. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and how was it coming home? Yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. It was great. We were just, uh, you know, uh, I was like, I was just on my feet, like very, very quickly, uh, in retrospect, quicker than I probably should have been. I was, you know, we went to a demonstration when Julia was four days old (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, when she was 10 days, we went to a film festival uh, because Pavel had um, four premieres and all my network, my my local friends and my international friends and colleagues were in Kalovivari. And so I didn't want to be in Prague all alone with a 10, uh, 10 day, days old baby and mm-hmm. my husband out also. So I, I went along. It was extremely hot, <laughs> July and... Uh, early early July and um, yeah but we had we had some air condition and I just did little walks with her and I I met my friends and this was obviously all pre-COVID so there were no worries about uh, in my head at least about letting all my friends carry around my newborn and so Julia has been really in 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 other people's in my friends and family's arms from the mm-hmm. very beginning she's been yeah. to demonstrations and to <laughs> film festivals as the youngest attendee ever and yeah. that's that's really her 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 life from the very beginning and she's a very outgoing <laughs> little person today uh, who who doesn't who doesn't fear strangers or strange situations uh, at the same time i must say like yeah no i i mean it this was like it was way too much from for my body. I can see now, like in retrospect, like, like, and it also took me longer to heal in the end, like, like physical, the physical mm. healing. Yeah. I, I, I pushed it a bit too much in the beginning. And the, those six weeks of, of resting, I did, I obviously did not 
do and um, and 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 so I changed that for my for my second labor I yeah. I changed around my attitude a little bit and gave myself more time and yeah yeah so how did you guys decide to have another baby or did you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we did I mean we uh Pavel's uh uh three three kids are are older and um we thought we thought it would be good to have like two closer to to each other for their sake mainly mm-hmm. i think for me like i i was fine with just with julia julia like i mean she she filled so much in our lives and you know she did and she does and mm-hmm. you know it's just such an amazing experience you know like the first time mom thing and all yeah. everything that comes with it and you know the like the ups and downs but mostly the the ups obviously like it's such a gift and uh, um but at the same time we were like okay she's also such a social person and we see how she she is around other other kids and babies I mean she totally should have a, a sibling mm-hmm. around her age so we, we knew that and um and so we were, once we it took me a while to be ready. I think Pavel was, he was ready for it, but I was like, um, I have to like get physically and mentally ready for this because, whoa, the first time was just mind blowing and it's crazy, you know, and I, I didn't feel like the moms that say that, you know, the, the moment their baby comes out, they're ready for the next or they, you know, the, all the, all the pain and the experience goes away. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think also because I was so aware of the, the process and I had sort of rehearsed it before and was so um, alert throughout the process and I was like I just had the whole like uh, labor in my head for a while uh, but when she was like one and a half it it had sort of faded away a little bit and uh, I, I got I got ready again mm-hmm. and uh, I think the moment we we sort of had the conversation again we we kind of you know we we actually got uh, we got pregnant pretty fast after that so mm-hmm. we didn't calculate it or the only thing was i i knew I, it would be nice to have a summer baby again because it was such a nice process with the the seasons changing for me and my my labor yeah. my my three trimesters as you know ending in summer um and in the end i got pregnant in december uh, 2020 and uh, so my term was in September and so a, a late summer baby mm-hmm. <laughs> which was perfect for me <laughs> yeah I mean we honestly didn't calculate anything we just got lucky with that and um, and yeah shall, shall I tell you a bit about yeah go how for that it. started go for it <laughs> yeah so so um um I had 12 very tough weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. I think even tougher than with Julia mm. and like really tired and very nausea and I had to snack all the time and I also had to throw up like like actually throw up often in the mornings mainly but you know the morning sickness it's like all day and night it's not only mm-hmm. dedicated to mornings <laughs> that's a lie they tell you yeah um, <laughs> Uh, once we hit 12 weeks we uh, we did the, the regular checks I I already knew I wanted Maketa my midwife on board again we had such a lovely postpartum process also and 
where she came to see me with Julia and we kept in touch and and the whole labor experience was just I wanted to do that again and I, I was pretty sure I wanted to be in Rakovnik again also the hospital uh, I was for a moment I considered home birth because that's something she also uh, supports um together with she would be together with another midwife i think that's how the how the rules are or they do that basically they're they are two on the spot but i was like thinking about that for a while and um at the same time i was i was kind of stressed about the logistics of that you know at home and i also wanted to give birth in water if possible like really wanted to try that at least once in my life <laughs> as a as a pain relief natural pain relief so the logistics around that, I I didn't know. And what about Julia, who was, you know, only at the time would be two, two years, two months. Uh, so I, I kind of like pushed away the idea again and just said, okay, let's work on the hospital plan and, um, and just make sure I get there on time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the first time with Julia, I was 13 days, uh, uh, after my term uh, with the yeah getting induced on the 13th day and giving birth on, on that night um, and um, but um, anyway um, what I want to mention is like at the week 12 we had the ultrasound and we had some and, and the blood test uh, of me and um, we had a positive test result on the is it chromosome 21, basically Down syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, the risk of Down syndrome. And, uh, and we had some more checks made uh, immediately after that, which were also whether you have this risk number and it was quite high. And uh, this was done in, a, in like a clinic, uh, uh, not by the gynecologist, but by this clinic and... Uh, we were kind of unsure how to take this because they gave us they gave us uh, first these positive results and then all of a sudden we had like a negative result among these uh, you know they do a, a deeper test with like three different test methods within one I think in uh, by testing my blood and and it was always my numbers that were out of balance it wasn't the ultra the ultrasound looked good but. They mm -hmm. cannot trace all cases of Down syndrome on ultrasound alone. Right. You know, they check the neck and the water around and so on, but they cannot catch all cases. So the, the numbers that I was showing were not great. And it should be mentioned that I was also, um, I was turning 39. Mm. Um, so of course my age plays a big role in the statistics of their in the calculations basically and how yeah. they look at the statistics mm -hmm. and this is something i knew vaguely i started reading about also when this came up um, when they all of a sudden gave us a negative result i was like but this number is still still looks quite high the risk number of down syndrome what because i compared with what i could find of information in danish and uh, and that risk number, if you have that number in Denmark, you, you're, it's a positive result and you have to consider your options. Mm. Uh, so I went back to the lab or the, the, the clinic and, and, you know, we had, we were already hitting week 20 all this time with the uncertainty, whether we would have the baby. 
basically. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also a conversation that's worth having, you know, like, are you gonna are you gonna have the baby or not? And I didn't have anyone like qualified that that wanted to have that conversation with me. I had it with my husband and but when I went to when I talked to the the the, the doctors at the clinic, they just started talking about chromosomes and you know they didn't they didn't tell me you can either do this or that mm-hmm. or you can test this or that way yeah they tried to push a dna test on me which cost a lot of money but you can actually get the exact same results in the in the um, i think it's called the amc test mm-hmm. where they test the water in your belly and there's a tiny risk while doing that because it's you know they they go through your belly with a needle but the, the 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 results that they get are as close to the DNA test. So anyway, I mean, all these thoughts about what is the baby okay? Is it just my age that is like playing a trick on us, <laughs> um, and so on? And uh, <clears throat> once we got to the hospital at the the week twenty twenty one, they were like, I, I was confronting there. Why why do they call it? A negative test when it's so close to being positive and then they said well well we are also surprised that you haven't uh, said yes to having the amc test made and i was like but you never offered it <laughs> so you know like how i mean you have to tell me what my options are and um, they're like yeah we can make this test right on the spot and i was like okay let's do it mm-hmm. i had mentally prepared for that i want to know as much as i can know that that was our that was our approach i we have, you know, basically the best uh, conversation and support I had was a friend of mine in Denmark who had the similar experience with her third child. And the conversation she had with the doctor was, listen, you have to consider the risk here. If you get a child with Down syndrome, how is it going to affect your life? You have, you have a big family. You already have two sons. And um, you have to think about you know, you have to take this into consideration also. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, without the doctor giving her any answers, what she took away from it was, okay, I have a lot to protect and I'm not ready to risk that with, you know, bringing up a sick child. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something I, I really connected with that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at the same time, we didn't have a hard time getting pregnant, even though we are getting older. So mm-hmm. if we had worked on it for five years, you know, of course it, it would be a completely different choice. But so I was ready for bad news. Um, but we did that. I had that test made basically later in the day. Um, and the result came the day after. I think the first results, um, which um, uh, gave us a negative uh, test result on the Down syndrome Mm. chromosomes whatever it's called and then two weeks later the final you know the full test of everything or everything was negative the baby was looking fine my numbers were back in balance and I could finally look ahead like at week 21 I was like whoo okay Mm. this is happening we're doing it and now I now I feel like telling the world that I'm pregnant and Mm. (laughs) you know things will change in September and uh, I can start thinking about what to do with work and what not to do and so on. But it was a long countdown. And I just, I think it's important to talk about this because it's so little, there's so little conversation about it. I feel like probably because it's, it's quite taboo uh, in a way, 
also it's hard because you're you're basically making the decision whether or not to have your child or not but i know it's super common for women my age and even you know from 35 and up you know these test results are often positive in in the in the eyes of of the doctors and when you mm. look at statistics and so on and yeah. it's worrying yeah yeah but yeah, it's uh, super important to talk about um yeah. there's there's so many so many women going through that um and it's just i don't know maybe it's because there's such strong there's such strong opinions in either camp about these things which makes it a really heated conversation somehow i guess yeah. and then we are scared about talking about it but actually we should just talk about it and make it not so scary right <laughs> yeah yeah and i realized many of my friends had the same experience once i told even in my family you know my yeah Uh, mm -hmm. women around me had experienced the same which I didn't know because mm -hmm. maybe also I wasn't ready to have that conversation before I got pregnant myself right. you find you you find peers and that's also something I realized like I told you about earlier like you know in specific parts of the process I got ready to have a conversation about specific things that mm -hmm. were relevant to me you know yeah. and and then you start I started reaching out to people I knew could support me mentally And uh, it was such a help to just talk to other moms about what I was going through. And uh, yeah, and, um, and, and that maybe also leads me to uh, finding uh, you yeah. <laughs> and your, your podcast. And I was, I was searching more for support this time around. I knew I wanted to have a fully natural labor if possible. Mm. Um, So I was kind of like looking for that kind of support. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I think I saw on your social media, I saw you recommended this book that meant the world to you by uh, uh, Ina May Gaskin, mm -hmm. the, the guide to a natural childbirth. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is, this is really the time I want to pick up a book. Like I, I have read very little self-help books in my life, mm -hmm. but this one I want to get. And I ordered it and it came and it was like, It's an amazing work. I just want to talk about it for a few, mm -hmm. for for a short moment. Yeah, it's like the first part is there's an introduction explaining her method. She's a midwife through what 40, 50 years in the U.S. And the first half of the book is birth stories from all kinds of moms <laughs> with all kinds of stories. Mm. Uh, and the second part is uh, more like kind of like. Uh, talking about the process of uh, labor and uh, what obstacles you might have uh, explained by 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 the writer mm. but the but the birth stories and the diversity of them are just so amazing and and what i took away was just the optimism and positivity towards uh giving birth naturally mm -hmm. the fact that you can you can do it you know you you don't fear it just go with it and go with your body you know like your the, your body usually knows what it's doing yeah. <laughs> all you need to do is like kind of like go with that and then I also had my my breathing method which I kind of brought into that process and and that's really what that does the laboro breathing method is that it it just it helps your body you know you, you help your body relax with it mm. while it's it's struggling you know while it's struggling to get get the baby out yeah. and um 
so so I had a, I had this and I was like <laughs> started to talk about this book uh, religiously <laughs> with my <laughs> friends and and uh, it was such a big help I must say like I was so I, I I finally like I was like yeah I can do this and of course I can I mean I already gave birth once and yeah I had a bit of uh, I was induced but it was something that just like gave me my body at the last final kick in the butt you know like I it was ready and and I won't need it this time you know I I can do it and um so so I had I had uh, yeah so I I exercised my laboro breathing method a little bit again and uh, I did some yoga I started <laughs> much later because of covid everything was closed and because of having another kid around you don't have time to go to yoga and swimming and as much mm -hmm. as I did um but a little bit and um and I had I had my midwife supporting also so it was it was a quite active time leading up to the the labor uh and I was like physically very active again um and I remember I think around two weeks before I actually gave birth, I started to have some, what are they called? Hicks, hiccups. Uh, Braxton Hicks. <laughs> Few, like, yeah, like kind of like pre-contractions mm -hmm. as I, I like to call them. Um, I kind of like a little bit like a, uh, like a menstrual pain, which I never really had very strongly, but this was like, you know, around the, the same spots in the body. And um, yeah. Uh, at the same time we were rebuilding the flat I remember so there was like a lot going on uh, <laughs> around me um, and a week before the labor I, I remember I, I felt like something was happening like in the night but at the same time it nothing happened uh, at that time I, I remember I had like a fear first for, for the first time I was hit by a fear of of giving birth and actually when I think about it the fear was more about the the circumstances around getting maybe getting to the hospital all the logistics uh would 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 I wake up in the middle of the night with contractions and you know like being like my my nighttime and my bed is like my cocoon and will I be kind of like pulled out of that and thrown into a car and driven off you know mm -hmm. <laughs> in a rush and what about Julia all these thoughts you know that was like so it, it was actually more a fear of, of that and that sort of the unknown factors of that than the actual labor I think uh, that I was struggling a bit with but I put it into words with my husband and a friend and I had a my cousin was pregnant at the at the same time and you know we we were sharing thoughts and yeah that was a big help uh, and uh, one week after the term yeah it was it was uh, 41 plus zero I I had like a really strange night and uh, I felt like I felt sick so every hour I was going to the loo but like no no result <laughs> back in bed and slept and woke up an hour later I was like oh you know I thought we ate something bad you know this kind of like what is this? <laughs> then I woke up at eight in the morning and I felt the a wave of pain over my lower back. I was like, okay, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. 
So actually my night was, you know, basically a countdown that I managed to sleep through pretty much like with, with breaks, but I was like, wow. So, so I, I didn't wake up, you know, uh, being, being dragged out of bed. I managed to actually get through it nicely and it was morning. It was mid September. The sun was shining and it was eight o'clock and we got Julia ready for daycare and she was out of the house at nine and, uh, and my contractions were just slowly growing and I was timing them. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were, we were, we were getting mentally ready. Pavel was being practical around the house because he was like, okay, now it's happening. And, you know, we're still rebuilding, but now we're almost there. And we had packed our bags and, um, we called the grandparents at 11. They would come and pick up Julia, uh, and, and take care of her in the days to come. We had actually seen them the day before on the Sunday and they were like, she can stay with us from now on. And I was like, no, she's, she has daycare tomorrow. And, you know, I could, I, you know, it could be another week until, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing from the process with Julia. So, you know, what, what do we know? Let's, let's just let have her, have her daily routine in the daycare that she loves so much. And, but the day after, you know, we called them up and like, yeah, I think it's happening. (laughs) And already, you know, I think like half an hour later, they were, they were approaching Prague. They're a little bit out of Prague and Pavel went to meet them at the daycare to exchange the bag and the car seat. And I had like 15, 20 minutes on my own then. And that's when it really escalated. (laughs) So at, at, at 12, I was like ready to leave the flat and I already had the key and the door ready to lock you know, when, when he would come back and we could jump the car at the same time, I had my midwife, uh, on call. Uh, we had been in touch since the morning and she was like, okay, you know, keep an eye on the clock. How long are the contractions? How long are the breaks in between? And, um, I think, uh, once I told her that, uh, there were like 10 minutes in between, but they were actually getting like around a minute long. She was like, and I no, actually, I said to her, I think I should get going. And she was like, I think too. You should get going. <laughs> don't don't worry. Just get in the car, get going. I will be the, I will meet you there. I will be there in the in the hospital uh, waiting for you, which also gave me quite a relief and uh, <laughs> to know that. Mm. And we hit the road and we drove out the highway. Uh, and with contractions and and um, the thing is that I had those 10 minutes in between so I had I was you know a bit did a little bit of calculating (laughs) so it's like okay it's 50 minutes (laughs) so I can I can manage you know if they if there will be 10 minutes in between I will only have five six contractions I can manage that and I have my breathing method and it was more like having to sit in a in a seat I was a bit worried about but once we drove out the highway and I had a contraction, I could sort of just like press against the seat. And it was almost like, you know, like listening to some old crowd rock music, like Autobahn, kind of like I could see myself in a, a Kraftwerk song. <laughs> uh, just like, because it was super intense for one minute. And then it would calm down and we would, we could chat for 10 minutes and, 
actually I remember Pavel put on some Devendra Benhard music and it was it was really nice and chill and we joked with each other and he was obviously focusing on the driving and um, I was mentally just crossing my fingers that we wouldn't hit uh, uh, some kind of traffic on the road but luckily it was like midday and there was no traffic whatsoever so we were there in in 50 minutes and um, once I got out of the car out of my comfortable seat I just really felt a pressure so we we rushed up to the eighth floor in this old building finally got up to the eighth floor which is like the renovated (laughs) department Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we knocked on the door and uh, to the birth ward and Maqueta popped her head out and I was like in the middle of a contraction and once I saw her I just started crying (laughs) it was it was such a relief to be there and to see her and know that I had made it there and uh, and but she was like oh wait 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 can you give me five minutes because in five minutes I will have the the room ready with the with the bathtub Hmm. and I was like oh my god because she actually told me that it was taken already before we left for for the hospital so I was preparing for the for the regular um, process you know uh, on the floor or whatever but she was like I'm almost there I just need to clean you know because they just they would they did some moving around so I was like oh my god and almost on all fours already and I made it in and um, and the bathtub was ready for me and what happened um, was that uh, while Pavel and, and Maqueta they were just finishing some paperwork, they put she put me on a, like on a on a bed on the side so that the baby would sort of like turn to the right side with with her back um, on the I was on the left side yeah and um, and I was there for a little while like half an hour probably and um, all of a sudden I just had to get up on all fours and take a contraction and that's when she said okay we actually have to walk in to the next room to see a doctor who will uh, just measure you and and do ultrasound and check everything is all right and I was like I thought she was crazy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how am I gonna walk in there but it was like next door basically completely impossible once I got in there I realized this is the very floor I gave birth to Julia on. Mm. <laughs> nice to be back. And I could barely make it through the getting up in the chair and getting, you know, like ultrasound made. And I just had my contractions. It was so tough. And I then had to walk back to the room with the bathtub and I could barely make it. Like I didn't have like even a minute between the contractions by then. And I, I felt the, the head basically between my legs and um, I, I was like on all fours in the room then we, I made it in there and I was just there and it was such I had like just a rush of contractions coming over me and I was really overwhelmed by it and kind of lost my my breathing method in in the meantime I kind of like lost track of my my body I was just overwhelmed and um, and I, I got hit by fear of the pain in a certain moment I remember just like and completely fighting the contraction, which is something I have learned not to do with my method. You know, like I should, I should try and breathe through it. And I, and that's when Maqueta just looked me in the eye and she said, "You have now. You have to go into it. You have to go into the pain and just go into it." <laughs> and mm. I was like, "Yeah, exactly. That's what I need to do." 
not fear it, just go into it and use it. And um, at the same time, I badly wanted in up in that water that was ready for me, the warm water. <laughs> and so I had like 10 seconds between two contractions and I jumped in with the help of Powell. So I was in water and I got my next contractions. And I remember Maketa was monitoring, Pavel was behind me kind of holding my hands like kind of uh, over the edge of the bathtub. And I was just like hit by one contraction after the other. And I had to push obviously because it was time. <laughs> and um, I think after two contractions, so this is like really fast. Uh, Pavel, Pavel was whispering in my ear like, I think that's like, it's like ne the next one. And I just thought like, no, don't jinx it. I mean, you're not a doctor. How do you know? Don't tell me this stuff because you don't know that. <laughs> don't jinx it. Uh, I didn't dare to ask, you know, anyone how far we were. Like I hadn't asked the doctor how open I was. And apparently I was quite, I was like seven centimeters. But, you know, before I came back to the room, I was 10. So it was all happening so fast. And on the third contraction, I pushed and pushed and pushed and she came. <laughs> and just, be just before that, I just, just before she came, I had this like extreme, like clear vision of the, the room. Like I was, I just had like five, 10 seconds in between the contractions and I just saw the room and I heard the birds singing outside. I saw the sunshine coming in and I saw everyone in the room including the doctors who were like just staring at me, you know, like in this, you know, you're, you're in this, you're in the middle of this experience of a lifetime and you just have a doctor looking at you, looking at the clock in a way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you doing there? And uh, just, but at the same time, such a beautiful moment, so clear, so present. And in, in the middle of the day was also new to me in, in, in comparison to at midnight the first time, you know, Yeah, it was so wild. And then she came so fast and she was all tangled up in her cord. And Maketa was like, just spend a few seconds getting her all tangled out. <laughs> and so she could put her on my chest, <laughs> all blue and all wet. And it just so lovely and soft. And she smelled so good. And Aww. it was just amazing. It was just, I, I didn't even have time to get my clothes off, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, my wet I just had some light clothes but I was like all wet and I was like my hair was wet and Pavel was kissing me and I was just so overwhelmed and just yeah I think in a different way enjoyed that moment and didn't think anymore just like let go and uh, you know stop rationalizing and mm -hmm. I was just so grateful because everything went exactly as I wished for um, naturally. I, you know, my contraction started naturally. We made it out of town on time to the hospital and Julia was fine with her grandparents. And <laughs> I was there with my husband and our newborn. And oh, that's really um, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a beautiful birth. And, um, and then postpartum, I, I mean, I, uh, then I actually had a, a natural, is it called breach? I had a, yeah. So small one, uh, 
and I had I had to have that fixed, <laughs> obviously. So, and I have to get had to give birth to the placenta, which second time. I don't know if it's general. I I've heard that it is second time. It can be a bit harder. Um, I had the baby on my chest, and she 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 was seeking the breast naturally. She found it, and that gave me some post uh, contractions that were necessary. <clears throat> For the for the for the placenta to come out naturally, which happened, I I I didn't accept the the oxytocin uh, unnaturally. Mm. I wanted for it to happen if it could. Luckily, it did. But it was a process and it was painful uh, because you're on the other side of the <laughs> the wild experience of giving birth, but you're hit by these post contractions that are just like, oh no, not yeah, again. I know these. <laughs> it's like it's like aching. And that's a feeling that also came in the first days, in the first few days after the labor, when I when I fed, uh, when I nursed the baby. Selma is her name, and when I would nurse her, I would get this like rush through the belly, like this yeah. kind of wave of pain, mm -hmm. which I know is very natural, but it's something I I didn't know in advance. I was I surprised by it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it gets even stronger with the third child. I've heard, um, but. But so, so that was a new experience uh, with that. And, oh, great. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. We managed to get both of these yeah. birth stories in, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd yeah. like to share? Any references or anything? Or how people can reach out to you if, if, if they want? They're welcome to reach out, obviously, if, they, if, if they're curious to hear more or about the... The recommendations of literature, mm -hmm. which I know you also have put online, of, of the child, uh, the, the guide to child, natural childbirth. Yeah. Uh, maybe also because I'm a foreigner in, I'm a Dane in Czech Republic, and there is some experiences in that. That mm. you know, if if anyone needs any advice on what to do, I would highly recommend having. Uh, someone assisting who knows the language, who knows the system, uh, especially also in these COVID times where it's not sure that you can have uh, guests uh, have someone with you, yeah. but you can have one person usually and you can choose who that person should be. But um, yeah, I'm, people can get in touch if, 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 uh, if they feel like it, but otherwise I hope my stories speak for themselves yeah also. they definitely do they definitely do and i will be sure to link to everything that we've talked about on the show notes page also great all right so thank you so much louisa for coming on and sharing your beautiful stories with us today thank you lisa for the work you're doing and for for having this platform it's been a it's been a big um, inspiration for me also and i'm happy to share my stories here i think that's i hope it can it can inspire and support, mostly support, <laughs> some coming moms out there. Oh, great. It definitely will. Yeah, that's for sure. This story, just like all the other stories on the podcast, will definitely inspire and help other expecting parents out there to make choices and 
ask the right questions. So thank you so much, Louisa, again, for coming on and sharing your beautiful birth stories with us this week. If you are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Louisa, just go ahead and send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com and I will forward anything that comes in there to her directly. And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, just go to Nine Months Podcast and you'll find me there. Or you can go and visit the directory if you need to listen to or want to listen to specific stories. There's a directory on the website, ninemonthspodcast.com, where you can find specific stories of uh, what it is that you are seeking information on. All right, you guys, have a wonderful week ahead and I'll be back next Thursday with another birth story for you all.